We've been talking on Sundays for the last three weeks uh, on the book of James. The book of James. And in the last few Sundays, we, we've talked about building our lives. Build our lives on the word of God. Now, James writes to the church, to the 12 tribes that are scattered abroad. And we talked about uh, uh, in the day that we're in today, people's lives seem to be so scattered. Now, I know he was talking geographically there. And even today, the church is is geographically scattered some some are here a lot are here today thank God for that some are tuning in at home or wherever they might be so a little bit little bit scattered but in your emotions you may be scattered in your in your problems and situations and trials that come you may feel spiritually scattered so he's writing to those uh, that are scattered abroad and he's giving some very practical nuggets practical lessons to be applied to our Christian life he He's saying, you know what, we need to grow up a little bit. We need to mature in Christ a a little bit. So he's talking about different things. And we've gone over a a few of them. And we'll, we'll do a couple more before we move on. He writes to this church, and as I said last week, some have called James the New Testament type of Proverbs because it has so much practical application that you can use and apply to your lives in this day to help you to mature or to grow up in your walk with God and and I'm going to read a lengthy reading today, but but today I'll be a little more uh, a little more old school than 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 we have been doing a lot of teaching on these three lessons and and uh, uh, today may may be a little less of the teaching and a little more uh, try to be faith building, but at the same time some teaching. So James chapter two is where we'll begin today in verse fifteen. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and listen, this is practical stuff here, guys. Brother, sister, be naked or, and, and destitute of daily food. And one of you say to them, depart in peace. Be warmed and filled. Go your way. Be blessed. Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What good is it? Go your way. I'll pray for you. He's saying, what good is that? If they have need of a hamburger, man, get them a hamburger. If they have need of putting something on their back, Get them something that's going to help them instead of just saying, oh, go your way, be blessed. Practical stuff here. 17, he's he's getting a lesson across. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works, he says. You believe there's one God? Anybody here believe there's one God? You believe there's one God? You do well. There is only one. But the devils also believe and tremble. Folks, the devils believe there's one God. And that's not going to get them out of that fiery place that they're destined for. Somebody say amen. He said the devils also believe. You're doing well by believing that there's one. But the devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. 21 says, was not Abraham our father justified by works? When he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar, 
Wasn't he justified by that? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works? Faith working together with his works. And, and by works was faith made perfect. Skipping down to verse number 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead, being by itself. So it's not enough just to say you believe. It's not enough just to believe something. It, 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 when you actually believe, it will cause you to do something. Somebody say amen. Hebrews 11 and 7, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark. Wasn't good enough for him to just say, okay, God, I believe you're going to destroy the world. I believe a flood is going to come to destroy the world. No, he, his faith made him move, moved with fear, prepared an ark to what? To the saving of his house, to the saving of his family by which he commended the world, condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith faith caused him his belief caused him to be moved into action Genesis tells us that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord but his grace wasn't without a personal cost no it cost Noah and his family something God said build an ark build an ark God could have simply said let there be an ark God could have spoke it into existence because he does that type of thing but that's not what God did he invited Noah to participate in what he was getting ready to do he invited Noah to participate in the miracle that would be at hand if Noah had not built the ark his family would not have been saved size of the ark and, and and it's interesting to to read the dimensions and read all that that went into it the size is given in cubits as being 300 cubits long 50 cubits wide and 30 cubits high a cubit is the length of the bend of the elbow to the tip of the middle finger of course that would vary on the size of the individual that was doing the measuring so generally a cubit would be somewhere between 17 and a half inches and and 20 and a half inches and and if you want to to go somewhere in the middle sometimes they just say it's 18 18 inches so so the ark therefore could have been measured from 437 feet to 512 feet in length that's how long that ark was it was huge it was humongous it, it was not until the late 19th century that a ship anywhere near that size was built and here it's being built uh, way back uh, in the ancient uh, of days the ark had a ratio of 30 to 5 to 3 30 to 5 to 3 length times width by height 35 and 3 and according to shipbuilders this ratio 
represents an advanced knowledge of shipbuilding since it is the optimum design for stability in rough seas. Now, now, now what? Uh, Noah didn't have that engineering uh, uh, ingenuity in his own mind. He didn't go to, to Harvard to figure this stuff out. But God, folks, knows the end from the beginning. He knows the very best way and the best design for your life so that you won't sink in the midst of the trouble water somebody say hallelujah the ark as designed by God was virtually impossible to capsize the Bible records the detailed instructions given to Noah for building the ark and there's only one verse that sums up this in its entirety of all the 120 years which is what it says there that the space of man God told Noah was given was 120 years so 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 however long it took Noah to do this and to construct this and to put his uh, effort forward in building this uh, Genesis 6 and 22 says thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him so did he we're not given the description of where he got the wood and how he sawed the wood and how he joined it together and all that. All we know is that Noah obeyed God. He got the blueprint. He got the directions. He got the instructions. And then he moved forward by faith. Faith in believing what God said was true caused him to move forward and actually do something about it. Sometimes the miraculous uh, thing that God would do in our lives uh, starts with God saying something like, uh, build an ark, uh, grab a hammer, get your hands dirty, get to work, uh, do what you can. Take a realistic step of obedience that can actually propel God's vision to come to pass in your life. The active ingredient of God's work in us is our willingness to take steps of obedient faith. And here's the issue, folks. Here's the issue with America today. We expect to be gratified instantly. We expect to have something take place or something change overnight or in an instant. We want it right now. Now, this, this microwave world that we live in, uh, we want it to happen overnight. Uh, we live in a reality show culture with big dreams that, that, that seemingly will, will transpire or come to pass uh, overnight. Like, like shows like American Idol or America's Got Talent. We're, we're in a couple of months and, and what seems like just a series of shows, uh, somebody can be pinching pennies and, and working pouring and, and being an artistic at Starbucks to go into a, a recording deal or somebody can go from shoveling concrete one month to, to signing a, and getting a check that's written for five million dollars with their name at the bottom of it and that instant gratification mentality can creep into every area of our lives and derail our dreams and delay, derail our goals most things folks don't happen overnight Anything that is important does not happen overnight. Rome was not built in a day. Rome wasn't built in a day. The big problem in our lives can hang on for years. 
Sometimes they just hang on and it seems like you're in this perpetual trial and you're still going through it because we want a quick fix and, and there's none coming. There is no quick fix. We, we want our faith to create a miracle in the form of a magic trick. Just kind of wave our wand before it. But faith isn't a magic trick. Faith is a work order. Talking about it with my family just last night and reading some of the scriptures before them. How that when the Philistines were, were fighting against uh, the children of Israel... And Israel suffered a, 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 a great loss and thousands uh, died. And then they said, you know what? Uh, let's just bring the ark down into the camp. The ark of the covenant was the, 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 the symbol of the presence of God. So to them, they was, they was bringing the ark down. They was bringing God into the camp with us. God will fight for us. God will make it happen. So they didn't inquire of, of the prophet. They didn't, they didn't ask anything. They just sent it to, sent to go get it. Hophni and Phinehas brought the ark down into the camp and, and when it got there they were like oh wow now God's going to get give us the victory and the great shout and, and cries went out and, and hey now we got it now we got it what they were doing was almost like a, a, some type of a magic trick just because uh, we bring it just because we wave our Bible just because uh, just because we do this uh, suddenly now victory is going to happen suddenly now it's just going to automatically happen and folks it didn't automatically happened the next day they suffered great loss uh, great loss and the ark was stolen away and Hophni and Phinehas died and word came back to to the prophet Eli and when Eli heard the word that that the ark was taken he fell onto his neck and his neck break and he died as well folks this isn't some type of a magic trick oh I get into a problem I get into a situation I can come to church and not change anything else just kind of wave my magic wand and everything fall into place it doesn't work that way that's not what the Bible says that's not what we're following this isn't some type of abracadabra and puff of smoke no faith is saying I will do what I can and I'll trust God to take care of what I can't but I'm going to do what I can there's not a pill. There's not a vaccine to, to help us out of our financial messes. There's not one that causes us to pray more, to lose weight, and, and to treat everybody better all at one time. It just simply does not exist. Big obstacles in your life will never be overcome if you don't start by taking small steps of obedience to overcome them. That's what James says in this second chapter that we read just a moment ago at verse 17. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe there's one God, you do well. Devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? It's dead. You can believe all you want to. You can concentrate, consecrate until smoke rises from, from out of your ears. The devil also believes and tremble. But there comes a point when you've got to get up out of your seat and do something with the faith that is inside your heart. For faith without works is dead. And here's, here's a truth. A great need, a great need in your life can be a good thing. <clears throat> 
if it leads you to a deeper dependency of God. We look at problems and we want them to go away. We look at trials and we want them to go away. But those great needs in your life can be a good thing if it draws you closer and has a greater dependence, puts a greater dependency on God, whether it's emotionally, whether it's physically, whether it's financially. There's a shortage, there's a a lack, a loneliness, a dryness, a depression. If you've been trying to fix something, trying to work something out, you don't know what you're supposed to do next. And sometimes a great need can be the greatest thing that ever happened in your life. Why? Because it draws us to a greater dependence upon God. But some never get past the inspiration. Some never get past what you feel and hear and what is inserted into your mind from the word of God and then you just kind of like the one looking in the mirror and you go on and you're the same way as you were before you saw that Uh, you got to go beyond just the inspiration and move into participation understand that God doesn't need our participation He doesn't have to have us. He's God, and that's that. He doesn't need anything. We can't add anything to his greatness. God doesn't see nothing or the absence of something like we see it. He doesn't see anything like we see it, but he sure doesn't see nothing or the absence of something like we do. We see nothing and think, oh, what am I going to do? There's nothing there. There's nothing there. What can I have to work with? There's nothing there that I can work with. But in fact, nothing in the hands of God is actually the opposite of what it is in our hands. Because for God, nothing is the raw material for everything. God stood on nothing and spoke to nothing and said, let there be. And from nothing sprang everything. That's the kind of God we serve. The Bible says that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void. It was nothing but God took that nothing in his hands and he flung the stars into place. He spoke to nothing and the world sprung into existence. He spoke again and mountains arose. Seas gathered together and all of life began. He speaks and storms calm. He speaks and diseases die. He speaks and demons flee. God doesn't need chemo to cure cancer. He doesn't need surgery to give someone a new heart. God can do anything all with nothing. For God, nothing is the raw material for everything. Why is that important to us? What, what, what can I get from that? Because if you feel you are nothing, if you feel you have nothing to offer, nothing to contribute, you're empty, you're, you're helpless, then you're exactly what God uses to perform a miracle. You are exactly what God uses to perform a miracle. The closer we are to nothing, the more powerful God is in our Lies. The less we can do, the more he can do. John the Baptist said, I, I must decrease. He must 
increase. The smaller we are, the bigger he is. The weaker we are, the stronger he is. It's when we are nothing that he becomes everything. The potential is not in us. Potential is not in our strength. It's not in our skill. It's not in our ability. It's not in our talent. That's not where the potential is. All of the potential is in God. Jesus' disciples had fished all the night long. Fishermen, reminder, these guys were not novice. They were professionals. This was their job. They weren't just practicing at it. They knew how to accomplish this task. They understood water temperatures. They understood barometric pressures, the phase of the moon, the underwater formations. They knew what they were doing. They know where to go and they know when to do it. They they were fishermen. When they fished all night, it meant something. They were actually not just out there to have fun. They were doing it. They were, they were not just going through the motions. They were doing things that would work. And as their little boat comes slowly sailing in towards the shore, Jesus was on that shore there waiting for them. And he says, children, have ye any meat? And I love the humanity of the response here of the disciples Uh, they're quick to point out uh, it's really not their fault Uh, it really wasn't in any weakness of their own Uh, and and they tried but the circumstances conspired against them they said we fished all night yet have taken in nothing we weren't out there wasting time but but we were fishing and and we fished all night and we fished hard but we didn't take anything in we we caught nothing and Jesus hears their admission that they gave it their best shot and they came up empty they didn't have anything but emptiness and, and I'm sure that, that, that possibly a, a smile came on Jesus's face perfect let me have your nothing and let me show you what I can do with your nothing Jesus said launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught he scooped up their empty boat full of nothing and when he was finished with it they had so many fish that their nets began to break so many fish that their nets began to break and the boat began to sink we need to realize that we are nothing and that's all right because Jesus is everything we are nothing but with him he is everything he'll take our nothing and turn it into something great God doesn't need us but he'll allow us to participate if we but will faith without works is dead we believe first but then we move into action we move into action why because we believe because we believe Jesus says to the man with the withered hand stretch forth your hand Take some faith to stretch forth something that won't stretch. Something that's crippled, something that's tight, something that's, that's bowed up or bowed up. And he says, stretch forth your hand. Rise, take up your bed, and walk to legs that hadn't walked in 38 years. Rise, take up your bed and walk. Go wash in the pool of Shalom, Shalom to eyes that cannot see. 
go wash. And God allows these kinds of needs to show up in our lives to drive us to him for him. Not just for a solution. Not just for an answer. Not just to get beyond this circumstance. Not just for a miracle. He is the miracle. He is the source. He is the solution. Him. Not just what he can do for you. But him. That's what he wants us to get to. God doesn't want to use me to meet my needs. He wants to use my needs to bring me to him so that he can do something greater in me. It's not about me being greater. It's about God being greater. God being great means greater things are coming to pass. Somebody give the Lord a hand. Here's the crux of the whole message. There's an element of faith that involves us believing God to do what only God can do. But then there's another element of faith that involves us doing what we can. Us doing what we can. You do what you can, God will do what you can't, and that's it. That's it. Some of us never see God move in our lives in the way that we thought that he should. It's because we're sitting around waiting for him to move. And as we're waiting on him to move, God is waiting on us to move. He's waiting on us to take that step. He's waiting on us to put our faith into action, our faith into into work. It's my observation of the scriptures as well as throughout my own life that if you don't move, God's not going to move. If you don't take that first step, God's sitting back waiting to see what you're going to do. You say you believe. You've you've made a mental acknowledgement believing that God's going to do something. But you've yet to show that faith by taking a step. You've yet to exhibit that faith by going ahead and moving. And then seeing God move in your life. Somebody lift your hands to the Lord and love him together right now. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. It's not because he can't or that he's in some way dependent upon us. But it's because he's bigger and he's got a greater plan going on. Let down your nets for a draught. Take up your bed and walk. All through the Bible, God allowed people to participate in their own miracle. Faith working. Faith working. Now, I wholeheartedly believe that God can make something out of nothing. Somebody say amen. He can make something out of nothing. He calls those things that are not as though they were. But I also know that God rarely does that. If we have something for him to work with. I also know that faith requires action. Faith requires action. Faith requires participation. In Exodus 4, Moses stands at the bush that burned but was not consumed. And Moses asked God, what if they don't believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said, what is in your hand? And Moses said, a staff, a staff. And he replied, the Lord said, throw it on the ground and God used what Moses had in his hand 
John chapter 6, there was a great multitude of 5,000 men, not even counting women and children. And Jesus said to the disciples, when they said, let us send them away because the evening's coming. They, they're all hungry. They got to go. They got to go and eat. And Jesus said, no, we need to feed them. And Andrew, one of the disciples, said, there is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, make the men sit down. And for those of you that have missed the common denominator there, the common denominator was there is a big problem. There is a big need and a small supply. A big national crisis but a small leader is stuttering Moses. A big hunger but small resources a happy meal. And in each of these situations God used something they already had to create their miracle. They already had it in their possession. And this is how he'll still work in your life and in our church. The answer is probably already in your hand, already in your possession. So let me ask you, what's in your hand? What can you give to God to position yourself better for a miracle? There's an element of faith to believe God, to do what only he can do. But there's an element of preparation in doing what we can doing what you can do so that then God can step on the scene and do what you can the world prepares for what they hope they can accomplish what they hope they can achieve but God's people prepare for something that, that we know we cannot accomplish we know we can't achieve it except by the grace of God take steps don't expect God to move until you move don't expect God to take that step until you take that first step he wants you to know that if you have enough faith to take him at his word to go ahead and take that step and get started build an ark in the area of your life that God wants to move and what you need and you need to move God once you need God to move where that place is where that area is you need to build that ark you need to take that step prepare for the miracle even though you don't see a cloud on the horizon even though there's no sign that it's going to rain speak a word of forgiveness of somebody maybe who hasn't shown any sign of repentance be generous in your giving even though you wish that God would be more generous to you take the step first I'm going to do a little things to let God know that I'm serious about his promises in my in my life you can read the stories of the world's greatest athletes world's greatest athletes their work ethic their diet, their training, their conditioning, all because they believe they have the talent and ability, so they prepare for it. They put in the hard work that they might be able to be victorious, that they might be able to, to win. But that's not the way it works with God. We prepare ahead of time, even though we know we don't have the ability. Even though we know we don't have what it takes within our ourself. We don't, we don't have the talent to do what God is calling us to do. If we did, we wouldn't need God. 
we had what it took in ourselves, we wouldn't need God to come down. We wouldn't need God to anoint. We wouldn't need God to make a way where there seemeth to be no way. But we realize we don't have the talent. We don't have the ability. We don't have what it takes. We, but yet we still prepare and we still step out even, even though we know we don't have what it takes to get it done. Faith is preparing for the thing that you have no idea how it's going to happen or where it's going to come from. But I'm getting ready anyway. I have no idea how this is going to work out, but I'm going to get ready anyway because God's going to show up and God's going to show himself strong. This is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord, but he's waiting on you. Build an ark to the saving of our house. Come on, moms, keep building that ark. Keep preparing the way before your children. Keep praying. Keep making a life-giving home out of that home that you're living in. Keep doing it. Let's build an ark for our marriage. Let's build an ark for our financial situation. Build an ark for our future, young person. Build an ark for that emotional need. Build an ark for that person that we're bringing to the Lord. Come on, build an ark. Step out in faith. Do what you can. God's going to step down and do what you can, but he's waiting on you. He's waiting on you to take that first step. What's in my hand today that I can give to God? What's a small step that I can take to show God that I'm committed to his work and his working in my life? What I do shows my faith. Then James said that without faith, without works, faith is dead. Could you stand your feet all across this house? Could you just begin to lift your hands right now? Just begin to lift your hands and call upon the name of the Lord together. I wonder if anybody wants to take a step of faith and come and gather around this front right now. Take a step and move out from where you are and just, just come and begin to seek God. I'm going to build an ark for the saving of my family, the saving of my home. I'm going to take those steps, not because it's not in my ability, it's not in what I can do, but it's in what God can do. And I want to show God that I know, that I know that He can. He's waiting on me, so I'm just going to take that step. I'm going to move forward in Him. I'm going to move forward in Him and believe that He's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Faith moving, faith working faith working and God's going to respond and he's going to come and make a difference in your situation a difference in your life